podcast that challenges us three motherfuckers take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time criticize or defend the viewing choices that we made as kids or were thrust upon us by the adults around us <laughs> i'm your host and trying something new gray baker i'm holland and i'm the oldest i'm allegra and i am a spy yeah this is also the podcast that spent 21 minutes prior to opening up the show uh hashing out some traumas before we, <laughs> we oh, that's fair, just what we siblings do sometimes therapy sesh before we started recording before we <laughs> open the show we open our hearts yeah that's true clear eyes full hearts can't lose never seen that show so, and we're doing that for you guys. Yeah. Okay? That's not for my psyche. <laughs> That's for your enjoyment. I'm putting my life, body, and mind on the line for this super insignificant podcast. Hey, man. It's significant to us. Yeah. Gray? <laughs> it's significant to us. Gray never talked about his feelings until this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At least not with us. That's Actually, that's true. also not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> I've had many a heart to heart with Gray. <laughs> what we do here each week is <laughs> one of us has to pre- is deflecting genuine emotions and then presenting a movie to be critiqued, while the other two score it based on five specific categories. Each week's score will be added up, and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control. Well, the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment chosen by the winner. This week's movie is a lovely little number made by a little studio called Nickelodeon (laughs) that Allegra is defending, and it is Harriet the Spy. Yay! I have not seen this movie since, like, childhood. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I was, I was... Very, without spoiling, once we get into, you know, more of it, I was very taken back by the, not genre's the wrong word. The style? But, like, the style, yeah. The way it was shot, the way it was edited, the way, yeah, the style of it. Mm -hmm. It was, the tone Mm -hmm. of the movie was very... Jazz. Unexpected. <laughs> Very unexpected. Yeah. Um, they were trying to do so, something. So, you know, I, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. Allegra and I had watched this la- like in 2020, like fall 2020 during COVID. Mm-hmm. But before that, I don't think I'd seen it since like, we had access to a VHS 
I feel like where we played our VHS tape of this. The actress who plays Harriet the Spy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen Harriet the Spy since pre-Ice Princess. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, I mean, I still remember the feeling I had when we watched it in 2020 of, yeah. like, the opening credit sequence just being like, holy yeah. shit, it all mm-hmm. came rushing back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was another movie, like, we had this on VHS. It was orange. I think that's yep. in your free watch notes, Allegra. Yes, it <laughs> and it was, this was a regular rotation oh, for sure. watch in our house like we watch this fairly often to the point where like i remember like most things about this movie anyway like i don't think there were any surprises like upon this watching or the one was, we did like, like a so year for me ago. for me it definitely because i was so like compared to you guys so much younger when we were watching it mm-hmm. that there were definitely moments that i did remember but then as I was watching it, like, I was genuinely like, oh, my God. Like, I, I remembered the, vi- like, very, very, very basic, like, 10,000 feet up, you know, premise. Mm-hmm. But did not remember any of the intricacies, any, like, and, and so there were a lot of things that came back to me. But I was still felt like I was watching this, you know, not maybe for the first time, but... You know, it was there. It was still there were surprises. There were twists and turns <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, made the viewing experience very unique. <laughs> Summary: Harriet the spy. Or sorry, Harry M. Welsh is a spy, but when her friends find her secret notebook, the tables are turned on her. Can she win her friends back and still keep going on with the spy business? Wow, that's such a simplified summary of this movie. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's like the back of the VHS tape mm. or like the front of the VHS tape. Yeah. Like it's because it's both the summary and the like synopsis right, on right. on the on the IMDb. Like they're they're both the exact same. So yeah, I don't know, but I I mean I'm looking at the the VHS tape like cover and I'm like yeah I remember seeing that uh-huh. <laughs> I also remember like how weird Michelle Trachenberg looks on the VHS tape how like to me doesn't look like her at all wasn't it kind of fisheye I remember lens always I remember always thinking that to me it just looks like way overly like edited on her face mm. um but yeah I just always remember seeing that and being like that doesn't even look like her but you know, whatever. Uh, she's so freaking cute. Yeah, she's amazing. She's such a good child actress. She killed this role. Like I mean, we ta- she's such. A she good was an Inspector Gadget. Like we talked about how underutilized she was in Inspector Gadget, and like, but it's because we we know her from this. Like this was our this was my first introduction oh, yeah. to her. Yeah, of course. And she kills it. She's the perfect casting. I got she really does, yeah. dude. She really kills it. I was a hardcore Trachtenberg head uh, because of this movie, and I watched Ice Princess because of her. But then, like, then I saw her in The Scorpion King 2. She was in that? Yeah, she was the villain. You know uh, how Egyptian she looks? Um, <laughs> Interesting. And I was like, 
I don't think I enjoyed that. And then I know she was like in Gossip Girl. Yeah, she was also a villain in Gossip Girl. Georgina. Um, so <laughs> she was fine. She was fun. But like, yeah, so she'll pop up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know if like in my brain she has ever done anything better than Harriet the Spy. Because in my mind it's a masterpiece. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Um, yeah, I mean, I. Well, do you want to say when know. this came out? I, yeah, I mean, I was just going to touch on that also and say, like, I don't even. Because I didn't watch The Scorpion King 2. <laughs> what? Or, uh, <laughs> or Gossip Girl. Meg did just, like, use Gossip Girl as her just, like, throw it on the background while she's working show. And I remember walking in and being like, oh, shit, Michelle Trachtenberg. But. Um, she hasn't done anything since 2018, according to her IMDb. And one of those is Robot Chicken, where she's just a, a voice actress. Oh, wait. The most recent one she did was as Harriet the Spy. Uh, on Robot Chicken? <laughs> on Robot Chicken. Of course. Oh, yeah. man. Once the millennials, like, once you could tell that millennials were on the writing staff for Robot Chicken is when it was like, all right, now they're making sketches about things I understand. <laughs> no more Transformers <laughs> or whatever the fuck people in the 80s liked. Um, but she was in 17 again. Right. Which oh, I yeah. did see she recently. Say it. We watched that during COVID, too. Does not really hold up. No. <laughs> Does not hold up. I remember loving oh it when it came God. out. It came out, I think, when I was 17. So it was like the perfect age. It was when Zephron was at his peak. Oh, yeah. It was, I loved it. Chandler was in it. It was very fun. Yeah, that movie doesn't. There are a lot of parts of that movie that are like, mm-mm, mm-mm, not good. Jan was in it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Anyways, um, let us continue. It came out July 10th, 1996. So Holland was four, Allegra was one and a half, and I was not yet born. born. <laughs> Maybe freshly conceived? Bare- barely conceived. Uh, Gross. <laughs> like, you were just, maybe just entering, just about to enter your second trimester. Oh God! Prime God. zygote era. That sentence <laughs> no, I wasn't. No. Gray was oh, entering the zygote, zygote era. That <laughs> <laughs> was your zygote era. Um, uh, I did this come out in theaters or was this a straight to VHS situation? This might have come it out. It did come out in theaters. theaters. I did. honestly don't remember if we saw it in theaters i can see us maybe do going to the theaters but i was we were so little half so i don't remember also i've yet to hear back from mom who's probably going to be the parent who remembers this because i got a text back from dad that was like i don't remember that movie um so i think this is much more of a mom movie i think this vhs was at mom's house yep. like She's going to be the one who remembers it. So if she ever gets... She's also in Hawaii right now. So, like, it's so early. Like, she's not awake yet. Um, Put it in. So if I get a voice note for mom, I'm going to put it in right here. As I'm sure you know, I loved Harriet the Spy. I believe we all saw this together with... I'm going to say Sarah and Emma Ladan. I'm... 99% sure we saw this in the theater with 
the four girls. I can't say for sure that Gray was with us. And then, of course, the orange Nickelodeon box VHS that I still have in my storage unit. I still have this lovely video. And I read this book religiously as a kid. It's older than I am, but I still have my original Harriet the Spy book from elementary school, as well as the sequel called The Long Secret that I much preferred. I think I read it every summer between ages 8 and 13, maybe even more. I loved it so much. Um, yeah, Harriet is all of us and none of us. I think uh, she's annoying, but also kind of aspirational when you're that age. Great movie. Loved it. But yeah, no, we definitely had it on VHS, though, and we watched it a lot. A lot, a lot. A lot. Yeah. The fact that to I could watch that, it, like... Let's get into our pre-watch notes. Yeah. The fact that I could watch this movie, like, over a decade later, and, like, basically, like, every single visual is, like, a giant injection of nostalgia into my brain. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to know how many times I've actually seen this movie. Yeah. So, my pre-watch notes are literally just watched this last year. Loved this movie so much as a child. I loved Golly. I loved Golly's friend's house. But also remembering the bullying as so mean and was slightly traumatized by it. Felt intense injustice on Harriet's behalf. Those are my pre-watch notes. Boy, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. I remember the kid with the weird socks always looked... (sighs) He always looked a lot like a buddy of mine. And I could never really get past (laughs) that internally. But I knew like this is such a niche movie that... I don't think I could ever, like, make the reference. Um, (laughs) Hey, man, true heads who know about Get Over It, the boy with purple socks is Little Steve. So, Was he on all that? I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, continue, Ray. Um, I know we all considered getting their, like, foot tattoo actually tattooed. Mm -hmm. I said it was a toe (laughs) tattoo. I thought it was on their big toe, but it wasn't. Um, Anyways. Um, this movie introduced me to Rock'em Sock'em Robots, and I wanted to play th- with them so badly, and it took me years to finally have, like, a friend that had them. Um, I remember, this is a tangent not in my notes, but I do remember that our elementary school, like, extended day had Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but it was, like, incomplete, so we couldn't oh, actually did? play them. Like, I do just, remember like, that. There was, like... <laughs> Like, a, a key piece missing to where you couldn't play it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is devastating for me right now. Anyways, I hardly remember the plot. I know she thinks she's a spy. <laughs> and some bully girl exposes all of her notes in a comp book. And then everyone hates her for a while. And then she goes to therapy. And she has Rosie O'Donnell as, like, a nanny or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still a little bit sick. My turn? I thought you were. I thought you were like up. laughing at what I said. I'm like, I don't think. I don't think it was that good. <laughs> no, that was me trying desperately to swallow a cough. Um, okay, love this movie. We had it on VHS. Pretty sure it was orange. I wanted. Uh, what Rose? Uh, I wanted us to have a Rosie O'Donnell. She's the coolest babysitter nanny ever known to man. Um, I think we talked about getting foot tattoos, but that sounded really impractical. I also don't want any more tattoos. Um, 
I love the best friends. Baby. I think the I think spying on like I think I remember her notes about her friends in her notebook were actually like a little too mean. Um and uh honestly if my friends were spying on me and wrote mean things about me, I think I would be upset, but then also bullying is wrong. Very cool. I love the ending scene, the ending song at the Thanksgiving uh, play at the end. <laughs> Great. Sorry, this was like an audio, like text, audio to text sort of note situation, so I was translating a lot. Yeah, that's how <laughs> you're. That's not how you usually do your pre-watch notes. Yeah, everyone's aware. <laughs> um, I stopped for a while. It's been a while since I've done it this way. Well, I do want to talk about this movie, but I want to get straight into the pre. Uh, watch argument the scores the scores um, and then I want to touch upon um, I just don't want to forget there's something I want to start off by saying and it reminded me of your your note reminded me when you said like you know mean things in the notebook I would also be mad too okay okay scores okay. nostalgia is a 10 for me mine is a 7 yeah okay. that um, makes sense yeah, because I thought, it, I, I mean, I've always remembered this movie. There's always been things, like I said, the kid with the purple socks. Um, and then like teeny little things also that I just didn't include because I think pre-watch notes, we sometimes start getting really carried away and then it's all repetitive. Yeah. And so I'm try- <laughs> I, I've been trying to like edit mine down, but there's been little things. And I'm sure movie. like as you watched it, things came back and stuff too. Yeah. But like, you know, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Um I remember the therapist having like a cool office and then seeing it. I'm like, wow, that's nineties. Um, (laughs) it was was, realistically, it was pretty eighties. Um, and then I, I just remember her like, like as soon as I saw her like tool belt, like her tools. Oh my God. All of her gadgets. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I wanted that so badly. Yeah. 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 Opera glasses were always so cool. Um, um, all right, so your yeah. nostalgia is a seven. Uh-huh. Sit through ability, I have a nine. I have a ten. I was completely invested in this movie. I think mine is. It might. It might I can be, a be nine because you up. watched it recently. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a nine because I like literally just watched it, and I think I was kind of tuning out a little bit just because I'm like, I know what happens. We had to hype um, ourselves up to watch this movie again because it still felt so recent. But, yeah, like, it was that. still a nine. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's how I felt um, about Matilda. Because I had watched it pretty recently. And I'm like, I know it's still mm-hmm. going to be good. And then I was, yeah. obviously, uh, we know what happened there. So, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Appropriate for children, I have a ten. I had a nine. And I'm trying to remember why. Well, we'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I, it's, there, that is a very soft nine. Yeah. Um, hold up, I have an eight. I have a nine. Can I follow? I have a nine. I had an eight. Okay. So pretty solid scores. Listen, Hollywood's fine. I was so fucking pissed about yeah, it. Yeah, Holland was pretty mad writing your scores last night. I was like, God damn it. I'm like, I can't go lower than this. Like, what the hell? Allegra? continues to rain it's just i have to say that just like the set the costuming the music just the whole vibe the new yorkiness it has such a specific point of view it has a personality the way that it is edited like 
the music is basically another character in this movie. Like the way the music, the way the music takes you through, it just changes the whole, it like elevates the entire movie. It's like, there are so many like shows and movies that try to do narration and they kind of always like half-ass it or forget about it. This movie kills it. Like she seems so cool, so grounded, has like a really like, interesting look online like i never read the book so i have no idea how much of the book i never read it is in the movie i bet you in mom's voice note she talks about reading the book because i think the book came out i want to say it came out in the 70s so in the 60s okay so i i'm sure mom read this when she was little yeah um i think you're right on that i think i remember her talking i i know for a fact she's gonna bring it up um Mm -hmm. but i i mean just like I think it was like the opening shot of just like the three of them, Janie, Sport, and Harriet, um, mm-hmm. their fucking outfits, the like primary color outfit, like matching, you know, like Harriet always. Whenever it was like the three of them, it was always Harriet's wearing red, Janie's wearing yellow, Sport's wearing blue, and then I noticed that when they weren't friends, Janie was always wearing green, and Sport was wearing like gray like colorless or like stripes so it wasn't like a solid blue um but like i always like sports clothes were so dope so 70s like (laughs) he had those like like mustard corduroy like bell bottoms and like mock turtlenecks (laughs) his yeah his mock necks and his like super like wide collared like vests or sweaters all of the collars yeah yeah chandler steal his look (laughs) it was very like the 90s take on the 70s which was definitely a trend in the 90s like this movie was so 90s it also was such a specific corner it was also intentional i i mean i might be like spoiling one of my trivia whatevers but that's okay they wanted to try to blend they wanted to try to keep it as grounded to the book as possible but they had they said like we had to make adjustments to make it more 90s because like you know like the relationships kids had with their parents was very different in the Mm -hmm. 60s than it was with the 90s and stuff like that but they're like but we wanted to try and keep it in such a timeless feel where there was like very limited technology so you couldn't really pinpoint exactly when this is happening and i think the clothing choices were deliberate in for that purpose they were deliberately they did a really good job yeah i loved her like seatbelt buckle belt mm-hmm. yeah I also, rem- I also remember like seeing that when i saw it as a kid and was like that's badass and i mm-hmm. always wanted mm-hmm. one um yeah like totally the clothing works. was great the music like you said the music was so good and so it was edited together with the shots so well Ugh. it was almost as if the scenes were choreographed to the music yeah you yeah. know what i mean like what? Everything paired so Freaking, well. What might Harriet have the Spy walked that... so Whiplash could run. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I feel like a lot of really good movies will involve the composer throughout the creative process. Like, maybe that's what happened. Or the they go like, here's the final cut, and the composer just improved as he watched it. Like, that's also been really cool. But, like, the music was... Like, so it fit it so well. I don't think I, as a child, I had any concept of New York, so I didn't realize 
how New York-y it was. But it was like, it's like in Hey Arnold. They had a lot of jazz, too. But was it supposed to be set in New York? I was, like, wondering that while we were watching it. So it was supposed to be set in New York, but they were like... But I do know it was filmed in Toronto. Yeah, they basically said, like, nothing really replicates a New York brownstone to, uh, you know like a new york brownstone so they're like at at a certain point they're like we just kind of like gave up with like trying to like completely mimic new york and just tried to find like the best available locations to shoot yeah to just like make it still feel real but they like at a certain point they were like let's make it a little more vague because it's too hard to like completely copy Central Park mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. yeah, all that stuff. But I think it was supposed to vaguely take place in New York. Like, I know this um, I honestly was getting more, like, Brooklyn vibes yeah. from it. But See, I don't know if Brooklyn was like that in the 90s. So <laughs> That's interesting. As, as yeah, New Yorkers, felt... I, you know, because I, I don't Like, know. I feel like, I'm sure it was mimicking, like, 90s New but, York. Maybe, like, like, 90s Village, 90s Lower East Side. Village, Upper West Side, maybe. But and, it feels like modern Brooklyn. But yeah, it feels like modern, like Park Slopey, like because of like the outfits, Brooklyn I get it. families in Park Slope. Kind of, but it's yeah. like bougie Brooklyn is what it was giving me. And, but I think that's Brooklyn. because I think that is the Toronto vibe, like influencing me there too. Well, Harriet you know? does seem like she's supposed to come off as rich. Oh, oh yeah, I think that was rich. implied. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's got a live-in yeah, nanny. My, like <laughs> my my boss. Uh, was like I think born and raised in Park Slope. Okay, oh, there nice. you go. Just fun little fact <laughs> for you guys. Shout out Jake. That's cool. Um, if you <laughs> my- end up finding this podcast, you're dope. Um, anyways, I wanted to get to my the thing I wanted to come back to. Um, I can't find parking. Oh yeah, you wanted to talk thing. about? Yeah, there yeah. was just one thing that it just reminded me, and I didn't want to forget it. It's not a huge thing, but when it came to the whole like notebook. Uh, exposure, you know, scene, uh, which we could talk about in its own right, but a specific part that always, I feel like it always bothered me. And like when it happened again, it bothered me again. And I'm like, you truncated yep. her note about Allegra was literally Janie. yelling this at the screen. It's Marion purposely paraphrased everything she wrote so it would sound as mean as possible. Yeah, and I'm like, but you, you're everyone can see it, or like everyone should be able to see it. Yeah, I fucking, I hated that so much. Yeah, it's like she's paraphrasing. We're missing a lot of context, and like, of, I mean, the things that she writes are still pretty brutal. Yeah. But and kind of mean, but they do come across as significantly worse when Marion just picks out the worst parts and also kind of paraphrases them and takes away a lot of the context. But I also, but like that scene was always so freaking brutal to watch. It was so heart wrenching and it brought me Mm -hmm. right back to like the emotion I felt when I watched it as a kid, just like Uh the helplessness that she was feeling and that Mm -hmm. I, like I was feeling it too. And like the same with just like all of this movie really like, I think the reason I probably I, we had that little therapy session is because of how much this movie just kind of like opened my emotions up because mm-hmm. 
of like how much it reminded me of middle school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I'm just like kids are fucking mean. Yeah. Kids from can having be like so best mean. friends to bull like they become your bullies like literally overnight. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. It's so brutal. brutal. It really like yeah. it really hit me. I also wrote in my notes like that yeah, Harriet was pretty brutal in her notebook, but she also like was she kept that stuff to herself. She would she process she that's her way to process through the bad things that go on in your brain when you think mean things. She wasn't sharing it with anybody. And I yeah. also think the response to her was so much worse. Oh yeah. From oh my the god. Kids. Yes. And I, I wrote down, this poor little girl was just writing down her intrusive thoughts. It doesn't define her. <laughs> I know. Did it, 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 it's just like a very cool, unique story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yes. The story of like, hey, like you're, you're processing the world and maybe you're, you don't realize how limited your worldview is. Because uh, Harriet did learn empathy in a really important way. Yeah. But it's also like kids can be mean. And just because you did something mean to someone else does not justify an even bigger response. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a complicated thing. And even like Harriet has a lot of pride. Yeah. So much to, like it, it both helped her keep her head held high when she was going through the bullying. But also her revenge was very brutal yeah also very mean like to marion back telling marion that your dad doesn't love you fucking again brutal like that is i remember thinking like i did i am not enjoying her revenge nearly as much as i think i did as a kid because i didn't i didn't understand the scope of it all and I was like, mm-hmm. they did a mean thing, and then they were mean to her, and so she's getting back. And now, as an adult, I understand the nuances of, no, they, she kind of fucked up. They overreacted, and then she took it to 11, which was yeah. not good. <laughs> it's yeah. like the real hero of this story. Like, Gully is there to, like, like I agree. Uh, I don't think I really understood the impact of Gully leaving as a kid because we're like, Gully is cool. Why would she leave? But I think she also realized that her, at this point, her parents aren't interacting with Harriet and Harriet is maybe um, not experiencing the world. And Gully felt like she was a barrier between Harriet's childhood and Harriet like becoming an adult, becoming a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why there were all those, like, puberty videos was kind of uh, to help that (laughs) string that analogy along. No, I'm being serious. This is a true coming-of-age story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, it's really, really difficult, but sometimes you have to be the bigger person even when you feel like you don't, like, you shouldn't have to be. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. her apologizing is the first step forward to creating peace. Yeah. And the real hero is purple socks kid who like doesn't have the context of the anything else that's going on but he goes you know what i know that harriet told me that i should hang myself awful 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 but i think she has unique things to say and honestly genuinely if we look past everything i want to read them and everyone's like you know what we can all find greater depth of empathy and humanity in all of us ex- except for marion you know she's like having a tough time Yeah, and I think, and Harriet also learns an important lesson that I think Golly, like when she comes back, yes, um, she's like, 
and I think her fighting for the newspaper is an important first step in this, but she's also learning like how to change her point of view when with her writing. Like before, yes. again, it was like it much was more cutting. stream of consciousness. It was cutting, and but through this experience, she's also learning how. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I you guess I'm just saying the same edit. thing over again. No, no, no. no. You said 100. Yeah, it's like, a new perspective, flipping perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, and and. You know, with you guys saying this, and then me just because I literally just watched this movie this morning, um, <laughs> it's it, this is like it's one of I mean at least the only one that comes to mind because I just watched it, but one of the most like really realistic depictions of like it's like coming of age, but like the specific coming of age from like elementary school little kid to like middle, middle school, school like preteen teenager like that very mm. specific time of like the kind of like the beginning of the loss of innocence um yeah and you know not trying to make this podcast sound a lot more like sophisticated than it is but like you know like it really is diving into like she's you know as, as golly leaves and she, it's her dealing with the fact that yeah like she's not like a little kid anymore she can't like run around pretending she's a spy like she turned you know she turns it into a more like mature and and realistic avenue of expression and you know mm -hmm. like you know learning how to i think the whole like little lie thing um that G golly was saying is you know kind of her way of saying like think before you speak or i guess in this case write like you know like like you have to learn to kind of edit and compose yourself. Yeah, and compose yourself with a little bit more, um, yeah, intention and and not like not a little kid where you're, you know, you have no barriers, you have no, uh, you know, what's the word? Mental editing. Uh, mm -hmm. You just blurt stuff out. You have no filter. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. You have no filter, and so it really, you know, and she's like, I can't fucking be sneaking. I mean, she still kind of sneaks around, but like, you know, but she's it's like not... with a different point of view. So yeah, it's, it's she's more not like, like she's like I'm a journalist like now. I'm not exactly a, a little a secret agent like a little kid would think they are. It's more observational, and I think she's able to like think more critically about the people she's spying on. I guess yeah. at the end, whereas before it was much more like voyeuristic and like, yeah. ooh, this is. I'm going to write. And I feel like maybe because she was a spy and she was in that mentality, she felt like she had to be a little bit more biting, maybe, she felt like subconsciously. I'm getting your dirty little secrets. Exactly. Versus, I want to know who you are. Exactly. My and, new favorite yeah, quote, and, be curious, not judgmental. There you go. There you Gully go. Gully even go. says uh, at the end, like, uh, uh, friends are some of life's greatest gifts and you got to fight for them. You got to, you can't let them go or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you have to teach kids empathy. You have to teach kids that like having really good friends and really a good support network is what will like make life feel good and get you through the hard times. And to build those relationships, it's like, you have to learn how to say you're sorry. Yeah. You have to learn like what not to say and what, um, what would be helpful for someone else. So you and have you to have build to a community. see past the like bullshit social hierarchies that are in place at school, even yeah. just a little bit. 
just to get over like the power struggle I guess of what like middle school is and to not put people down because to make yourself feel better just very simple life lessons that we learn along the way but I also loved how I'm sorry I keep interrupting you um I mean I was just gonna say and you know Harriet's parents don't get her Mm-mm. and that's a feeling I can kind of identify with um we were talking about dadisms earlier one of my favorite dad things he's ever said um is like when he gave me a bunch of comic books for Christmas that I asked for and he was like I don't understand your hobbies but I support you and like that's the lesson Harriet's mom needed to learn yeah yeah <laughs> you mean Jerry and from Succession we okay, were you can't. <laughs> yes. Sorry to break up. It is sorry to break up the, wild. Uh, the serious topics. It but. is so wild to me that Jerry is her mom. Like, we I didn't we didn't know it as we were watching it, and Allegra was like, "That she reminds me of my boss. Like, she seems so familiar." And then Allegra looked it up as soon as we were done, and she was like, "It's Jerry." <laughs> yeah, no, we're watching Drag Race finale, yeah. and we're like, "Holy shit, it's Jerry!" Does Gray so know? Wild. Yeah. yeah. So I was watching it on my laptop on Prime, and if you like move the cursor, it, like oh, and if oh, you move right. the cursor, and I just saw J. Smith Cameron, and I'm like, no fucking way. Oh my god, no fucking <laughs> way. Um, and then yeah. like, can it we totally get a Kendall impression, Gray? But uh, what? Can we get uh, an impression of if Kendall Roy was Harriet the Spy, Gray? If you would please. Yeah. Let me let me let me get into the into character and then think of a, a good quote to uh, to use as <laughs> as Kendall Kendall M Welch. Uh, Carrie Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. You mean you mean the girl that thinks she's cool because she you know spent her fucking summer vacation growing boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so um, another, I wanted to also say another kind of silly, uh, quote or not a quote, another silly observation I had is that I don't know if it's just how Rosie O'Donnell always looks, but in this movie in particular, she looks exactly like Q from Impractical Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you are familiar right. enough with Impractical Jokers for people to understand this, but her <laughs> face, really. her her facial features, even her clothing for the most part with like the weird hats because he wears a lot of like Kangol hats, just <laughs> oh, I looks love very similar. And I want you to look it up. Like, I, I love that because of TikTok, everyone is, including myself, is realizing how amazing Saul is. I Sal love is. Sal. Oh my god, Sal, I love Sal Hey Babe so podcast. Much. Fucking Tupperware, <laughs> Chris. Oh my god. Oh my yes. Um, I also love Chris Stefano. You're throwing bees at me. It's peas, it's peas babe. <laughs> always has been, always will be. <laughs> um. Anyway, speaking of Rosie O'Donnell, though, she's fucking amazing in this movie. So amazing. She is so okay. good. Can you enlighten me? Because I feel like I remember for some reason there was like a taint on Rosie O'Donnell's like name. And is it just because she was like gay? 
is? Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of people, um, like she was a comedian and she she got pretty famous and she did Nickelodeon and then she came out as a lesbian and then every single like dude bro comedian in the world was like making lesbian and fat jokes about her until the end of time. I think she was on The View, which is also another indicator that a bunch of edgelordy uh, dude bro comedians can't stand it because um, they're just like, oh, she just keeps whining about her opinions all the time. So I don't know if Rosie O'Donnell... I'm going to Google controversy, but that was always yeah, my I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to remember. I'm pretty sure that she's the reason I, like, learned what the word lesbian was. Oh, interesting. And I feel like, I'm like, is that it? Was that the whole reason why there was, like, a negative connotation on her? There was no other, like, it wasn't like a Roseanne Barr situation. I do think she, I think, and I think a lot of it might be because she is a little bit more abrasive. Um... Which usually people, women get shit on for kind of being a little more speaking their minds and not really giving a shit. Well, she said on numerous occasions, O'Donnell has been outspoken on controversial topics. In 2007, she announced her opinion concerning the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11, in which she questioned the NIST conclusions and alleged that the U.S. Alleged the U.S. government's involvement in the event. Like, she's a 9 11 truther. She's a little kooky. She's a little, like, boomery in that, like, she has these weird 9 11 trutherness. I know, like, she got in trouble a couple months ago because she made a TikTok talking about how she, like, misidentified Priyanka Chopra at a restaurant or something and cut. I can't remember. Oh, she thought that Priyanka Chopra was related to Deepak Chopra, which is not true. I don't know. She's, it's like, oh no, grandma, be quiet. Stop. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, she's also, I mean, so in the 90s, um, being an edgy comedian meant that you were actually uh, a liberal. And that's like been a thing that swapped recently. So she was also like, she's, yeah, she's just known about saying a lot of stupid shit that like completely kind unfiltered yeah some factor sh- yeah stuff. but i i do think there was like a, a certain um sect of dude bro like i feel like uh like the fact that donald trump wouldn't stop fucking talking about her weight is yeah. like a big indicator or like family guy yeah. wouldn't stop talking about her weight or um lesbianism and like literally nothing else um there are yeah. like there are reasons to dislike Rosie O'Donnell, and there are like bullshit reasons to uh, yeah. dislike her. But again, I think we were like she's not in like the highest level of controversy. No, like I wouldn't hashtag cancel Rosie O'Donnell. No. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. I just feel like I remember there being some like connotation or like just like a, a oh, shit. Sorry for that on the. Recording. I mean, as long as her 9-11 truthism doesn't like go down the conspiracy theory path to anti-semitism as long as she hasn't gone that far yeah she's probably just like a reasonably annoying person <laughs> but in this movie she's amazing she's I amazing cried so much yep. when she, she was leaving her so i teared up when she was leaving time. i also didn't Truly, realize how early on in the movie that actually happened for some i know signing incident really she makes a big impact with not a lot of time yeah. you because like you feel you feel how like insult like how much a part of harriet's world she is like so influential they have very good on-screen chemistry as like you can tell that she loves harriet like a daughter essentially 
and you can see their bond like immediately and you can see how important Golly is to Harriet so that when she has to leave it is heartbreaking even though it's like maybe like 20 30 minutes into the movie I would say not yeah, I don't even was, know if that's I think true. it was like I was like just at like 30 minutes out of, and it's an yeah. hour and 40 so like you know yeah. less of a less than a third through the movie and granted I was hi when we watched this but i cried <laughs> listen that, that scene in the rain <laughs> gully had been the nanny literally since harriet was born mm-hmm. all 11 years and like you don't trust her to take her to a movie yeah while you're on date night are you fucking kidding me she's your live-in 11 year tenured nanny who loves harriet like and has maybe a stronger relationship with Harriet than you, and you're gonna fire her even on like a fucking heated impulse. What is wrong with you? Yeah, definitely felt like an. Yeah, I definitely did and not the mom... feel like Jerry was a good mother. I know that's a really <laughs> harsh thing to say off the bat, but like, and yeah, maybe you're right. It was just like, oh, she just doesn't understand her. But it's like, yeah, you guys don't understand her because you don't spend any time with her. Um, yep. The father at least tried to feel like seem more sympathetic, but was kind of getting steamrolled by Jerry. And Mm -hmm. so I was just kind of like, just, I I mean, also, you know, it's a two way street. Like I was going to say, just talk to your daughter, but also she's not wanting to talk because she's 11 and going through it. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels so unfathomable to me, but like, I'm sure it happens that like, your child is writing down their feelings constantly and you think it's unhealthy. You think it's an unhealthy obsession that your child writes down their feelings. (laughs) Like that's literally like therapy one Oh one. Yeah. 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 They just are so not. Well, she had to wait till the therapist told them that basically. Mm Mm-hmm. To be like, no, give her back the fucking notebook, you psycho. Yeah. <laughs> She's literally telling you this is how she processes the world. And you're like, well, that's not how I process the world. So you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oof, oof, oof. But maybe, you know, maybe they had somewhat of a point because her sandwich choice is oh my so God. atrocious. I mean, psychopath. This is coming from someone who really likes tomatoes. I love tomatoes. But if I'm eating a fucking squashed tomato and mayonnaise sandwich every day, (laughs) commit on white bread. That film, that scene is so upsetting because she like fucks up cutting the tomato. And she's like, well, if you gave me the big knife, this wouldn't happen. I'm like, no, you could have just started at the edges. Why'd you come at the top when you know you had a duller knife? And then she scrapes all the tomato meat off of it, and it's just the rind. Yeah. It's just tomato rind on mayonnaise and white bread. I'm like, you're not even getting, like, the juicy bits. It's truly awful. I mean, I feel like it is realistic in that, like, kids sometimes just eat weird-ass shit, but it's like, okay, whatever. This is what you like. Yeah, I mean, I was really. As long as you're eating, I was really into putting ketchup in my mac and cheese for a while, and so I get it. I ate salami and mayonnaise sandwiches, which is also kind of gross, but I loved it. At least tomatoes are healthy. Yeah, like she's not subsiding off of like just the white bread and mayonnaise. So much gloppy ass mayonnaise on that sandwich, though. Like, 
I'm not a big tomato person though, so I'm like, ugh, no, thank I, you. I'm I'm a big tomato person and a big mayonnaise person, but like <laughs> I would put more things on it. Um, yeah, you gotta have something, even some lettuce, like something. Like sure, she's, just an LT, you know. <laughs> sure, she's a vegetarian, but like put something else on there. Yeah. Um, um. Another another big influence in culture that stemmed from this movie. Um. And that is good soup. Yes. <laughs> Adam Driver, look out. <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg did it first. Gorgeous girls love yep. soup. Yep. And gorgeous, also, gorgeous spies. The delivery boy, the delivery man was like yeah. my favorite, like my favorite side character, I think. Other, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. The old man with all the cats was my favorite character. Side character. Oh, yes. Did I cry Birdland. when he lost all of his cats? Almost. Oh. But the way they take them away in a big old sack? Are you kidding me? It's like, uh, you do not care about animal welfare at all. Like, you're just he was th- feeding them and taking care of them. And you just threw them all in a burlap sack? Are you fucking insane? Horrible. Yeah, I was very happy to Jelly have roll. Daphne on my leg when I was watching this. Because as soon as that happened, <laughs> I'm like, just come here real quick. <laughs> no one's going to take you away. <laughs> Jelly roll. Um, I feel like I would love to give some space to the scene. So I think we've talked about a little bit how this movie is really good at depicting like kids realistically. Yes. yes. And I love taking kids seriously. Before shit goes down in the park with the bumper tag. I love the setup. I was going to say this too. Keep going. I love when they're just going around trying to figure out what to do. Marion suggests some game called Buy the Volvo where she's like a car salesman and everyone has to pretend to be families. And I'm like, Buy the Volvo sounds like the worst game ever. But it also semi sounds like some bullshit game that I would have made up as a kid at the same time. You know what I mean? You're where, you have a little Marion in you? I mean, I think I might have a little Marion in me where I'm like, I want to control the environment of the activity. I mean, it just felt like I maybe could have been Marion-ish with you two where I'm like, uh, I'm organizing the it. fun. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I'm organizing the fun. Oh, yeah. The amount of times that Gray and I were, like, doing other things. (laughs) And you were like, we're going to put on a musical. (laughs) Now. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember. Hey, man, I kept things interesting for us. I was like, we were fine a lot of the times. (laughs) I was like, dude, I'm like knee deep in Legos right now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I've really hit some new strides in my Polly Pocket storylines. And you're I, like, I'd like walk in the room. And I'm like, I've written a script. <laughs> Let's get down to business. It's a knockoff of High School Musical. We're going to perform my new hit original song, Clicks at Our School. Get on the bench. It's a school bus now. <laughs> yep. Yep. I vividly remember I'm gonna this mix, exact play. Uh, and I'm going to mix things up. Allegra, you're playing a nerdy boy. Gray, you're playing a girl. I'm going to play the jock. No, and you're going to play all of the good characters, and Gray and I are supporting cast. Um, we are chorus. But, but then I'm really also hitting str- I feel like I'm really getting into the, like, 
the middle, the, the, what is it? The, like the emotional drowning in my Polly Pocket storyline right now. Like, this is really what I'm gripping the audience. Like, can you get me in like two, three hours once I've reached the, the climax of this, this script? Um, I feel like with my Polly Pockets, um, there was always like a, like the Pollyanna character, no pun intended, Pollyanna, where she like, she had the best house and all the best stuff and all the, the um, the best like Hamtaro babies because <laughs> oh Hamtaros were obviously the children of toys. <laughs> but like, she was not ever appreciated. She had a shitty friend who kept trying to steal her husband <laughs> and you know she's just like i don't understand i work so hard no one appreciates me wow <laughs> why wow. don't hey um i'm sure i've been like joking about sending this podcast to my therapist a lot <laughs> i'm sure she'd get some deep insights mm-hmm. but anyway bible volo sounds lame and then <laughs> carrie suggests in the bottle and I love how the whole circle is like except for purple socks guys guys down he's like maybe um but then also bumper tag like the tag looks so fun and the music again the scoring to the bumper tag guys can we go to Toronto in the fall and just frolic yeah frolic to jazz we went to the we have been to Toronto in the fall but we didn't we didn't frolic frolic as much as I wanted to though it was kind of cold but I thought yeah. the exact same thing that it felt so legitimate, like so mm-hmm. realistic about how they're going around. And then, you know, even Michelle was like, that's so retarded or whatever. And I'm like, I know that's yeah. not yeah. great, but that's very realistic to how kids talk. I know when, when but just everyone chiming in like, what? No, that's stupid. Are you kidding me? And then, like, someone suggests bumper tag, and I think Harriet's uh, like, now that's a real game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, do yeah. really appreciate Sports that. Even, it, I think. Yeah. I do really appreciate that even though Marion Hawthorne is seen as sort of like the queen bee bully, that, like, Harriet doesn't buy any of the shit. She's like, whatever, Marion. And she's, like, not afraid to stand up to her. Yeah. And when Marion suggests buy the Volvo, uh, Harriet goes, you get real. <laughs> like, we're not <laughs> playing that. Yeah, dude. And, like, yeah, playing the tag. It just, okay. I think I was, I was describing to Meg the other day how we used to play all of our games in the front yard at dad's house with all the kids. And, like, how yeah. much fun it used to be to play, like, our hide and seek tag with like Ugh. that always warm, in the dark. buzzing uh, green transformer outside of our house was always like yeah the home that base. was home base <laughs> yeah we play hide and hide and seek tag in the dark it's always so and, warm like, mm-hmm. uh, it was always Kickball. like yeah it was just like our, always so, so fun like in like, our house I want to do that sat- again I want to play hide and seek tag with like everybody. Like it, once you know, know. in Maryland, when we we're should with do all it in like we should do it in Maryland or something. I'm down. Um, and like yeah, because growing up at our dad's house, our house sat at the bottom of a cul-de-sac. Um, uh, and the cul-de-sac court, was on the hill, and it was yeah. So and there was just so many kids who lived on the cul-de-sac, and then it was our house and our next door neighbor's house who had uh, someone who was my age where. 
it was just like we had a neighborhood gang and like i remember playing kickball in that little like where the cul-de-sac met the main street we rode our bikes to the csd all the time to go to like the good playground like we were latchkey sibs but we also had like the best parts of being latchkey sibs too where like we lived in such suburbia that we just kind of could run wild and we i think we had a lot of fun you know oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh yeah i mean 100 um... and that brought me right back where i'm like like i want to play tag my buddies yeah, and I, I really in college, want to be a little kid right now. Every time we would all be home for like summer or like a holiday break or whatever, we would always try and get together and we would go to a park somewhere in our hometown or maybe we'd go over to Folsom if someone would scope out a really good playground. And <laughs> at night we would play Hot Lava Monster. And so there would oh be God. like there would be like anywhere between like five and like ten of us, just like at like ten p.m., just like ten like nineteen year olds playing hot lava monster <laughs> in the on the playground, smoking weed, but like you know having like having real like innocent genuine fun, yeah. and like we had to do it at night because we weren't allowed on the playground. You know, during the daytime, because there's, like, little <laughs> yeah. kids there. Children. Um, actual children there. But it was just so fun and just brought you right back. And, like, this movie brought me right back to childhood. Yeah. Not because I remembered the movie, but because it was so genuine. <laughs> um, sport was, I think, always my favorite character in this movie. Oh, I think yeah. it was because it was, like, the boy, and so I got to identify uh -huh. with him. But... The pride he has in keeping the home is adorable. Yeah. Like, his pride in, like, how he, like, does the books and he cooks and he cleans. And he's, like, you can tell he's, like, super proud of, like, the job he does. And he, like, yeah. loves taking care of his dad because he knows his dad is, like, doing what he loves. And, you know, he's, like, yeah, and he's going to keep at it. And, you know, and then it, it paid off, literally, at the end. I'm yeah. like, I fucking love... And, like, the genuine joy that they had with each other when Harriet was, like, kind of spy was spying on them, like, together. Yeah. I loved it so much. I, like, really, yeah. really loved that. And the thing about sport, too, like, when, the, when they were reading out of her notebook, I feel like, like, Jamie reacted... Jamie was, like, fucking... Janie. Janie, sorry. Janie was pissed and like her heart turned into like hardened fuck you energy. But Sport was like genuinely heartbroken yeah. from the words he was never, he was never in angry. her notebook. Yeah. He was just like his spirit was broken and it was so sad. Yes, yeah. I feel the same way. I, I, I felt um, that emotion. I'm like, God, it was, like mm -hmm. he was just so sad, like so mm -hmm. hurt by it. And, and it was like, just kind of going along with heard, everyone else. Even after he heard what uh, she said about Janie and like how hurtful it was, he was like, oh shit, that's not cool. That's our best friend. But then everyone started like really being mean still. And he was like, all right, that's enough. We just yeah. we have to get this to stop. Yeah. And that's when they were like, no, let's talk about let's sport. Let's find sport, yeah. Um, so this is a thing that happened to me, like, 
not often, but like not, but like it happened sometimes where like as a kid, I didn't really understand. I couldn't read people's gender all the time. Like, I don't know why, but like when I was a kid, most of what in my brain determined whether or not someone was a girl or a boy, because, you know, binaries, uh, was whether or not their hair was long. So there were tons of boys uh, I knew in real life in my first grade class who had long hair that I was like, this is a girl, yes? <laughs> so like, did you think sport was a girl? No, no, no. And, like, um, it, I thought Janie. I didn't know what gender Janie was. Oh, because her hair was short. Because Janie's hair was short. didn't matter that she was wearing skirts. I was just like, I don't – this is not a gender. <laughs> like, there were times in which, like – it was really I don't know why hair is such a big thing for me like it really is like I had crushes on people because of the hair and when they cut their hair I stopped having crushes on them but there were times in my life where I distinctly remember being like gender does not compute due to hair so I'm like I don't know if you're a girl or a boy and I'm just gonna have to live in that in between and Jamie was one of those distinct characters for me where like I because like little boys have really high pitched voices at that age. So the fact that she had like a feminine voice also did not tip me off. And the fact that she was wearing skirts like I don't know, people in the 90s wore weird baggy colorful clothes all the time, especially <laughs> in children's media. So I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't track at me. And I'm like, listen, I invented gender nonconformism. I guess that's what I invented. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. But like childhood Allegra maybe would be even more like gender confused <laughs> now. Yeah. Maybe. But like not a bad thing. I was still able to live life just fine not knowing what gender Janie was. Did the rollerblading scene like really scare you guys as a kid? Yes. Yes, so sinister. Yeah, being so like I was, I remember being like terrified of that scene, and then watching it again, and obviously not, but like just having that feeling evoked back in me, of the anxiety from that that this that scene gave me. Yeah, and I think it also part of it is because I feel like it also flashes back to it too, right? Where she's thinking about like how Sport and Jamie were like. Yeah, like she like flashes she was, back to she, them in that when she was scene. in the bathtub when she had paint in the all bathtub, over her. right, yeah. right. Oh my yeah, god, but dude. this movie evokes. I will say emotions. though, that slap was extremely satisfying when she so slaps Marion across the face because Marion is a fucking bitch. Marianne, <laughs> I'm sorry, but she is. Marion got mad with power. Yeah, Marion got mad with power. Totally. Um, also, I don't know how we haven't talked about Golly's friend's yard yet. Oh, the magical oh yes. oasis. Playground. Yes. Beautiful. That is that yard. So on strings just hanging from the, the trees. That's a kid's, like, yeah. I didn't know that that's all I ever wanted in life until I saw this movie. But I wanted like to live in that yard. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And Ugh. the music. It's just, it was just so beautiful. <laughs> they just were like, go play and then go create art. Yeah. Create your own art for the beautiful art yard. I'm like, I want this now. I know. <laughs> it was so beautiful and freeing. <laughs> yeah. I want to live. That's what childhood that is. That woman's world. Yes. Totally. 
Um, do we have any other thoughts? I don't know. Literally, the only notes I have are about all the objects in the opening sequence, like (laughs) absolute mock punching me in the face with nostalgia. Like every single one of those objects is distinct and clear Mm -hmm. and like individually meaningful. All the gadgets in her tool belt. Also, even like the like her writing in her notebook with that really dark lead pencil yeah is just so visceral to me that i'm like it's just so satisfying watching her write in her notebook <laughs> it makes me want to read the book mm. dude i want to get a library card <laughs> <laughs> i have one i don't know if it's like it might be expired by now but it's easy. like we live right by the brooklyn library i know so. don't triangulate i'm sorry you live right by a <laughs> oh library oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking up the uh, the director. I'm like, who is this director? Because like she did an incredible job. Yeah, the director Amazing. did. Amazing. And I'm looking job. her up, and she's written episodes. She's written an episode for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Ooh. Okay. She's also directed an episode of um, Teen Wolf. She's done hey, a lot of like one or two episodes of. <laughs> TV, it was TV series. She's done a couple TV movies. Um, it's just like here and there stuff. Like she's done, you know, four episodes, five episodes, one episode. Um, also, if anyone's wondering, uh, sport is Greg and Xenon. I knew that. I knew I, re- I remembered uh, him. Yeah. I mean, hats off to Brown and Hughes or Bronwyn Hughes, Bronwyn? sorry. Bronwyn Hughes. Yeah. She did an incredible job. Incredible Speaking job. of incredible, the ending holiday pageant is iconic. Iconic. Everyone is dressed as something on the Thanksgiving table. She made Harriet, Marion made Harriet an onion. Harriet's a dancing gravy boat. Sports a little Marion's chicken leg. Um... Janie is a squash. I think the squash outfit serves. <laughs> like, if this was a runway, she would have won. I honest, I loved Carrie's little lettuce outfit. I thought it was very cute. I love that Harriet's, like, as the onion, her little hair ribbon was like a translucent onion skin. Yeah. It was so cute. <laughs> and then they dance along to James Brown's Get Up Off of That Thing and do limbo with a turkey baster. With a and, giant yeah. turkey baster. And then the stink bomb goes off, and it's yeah. like the three of them on the stage after they had complete, like, their evil plan that they were planning at the beginning of the movie actually came to fruition. Well, I mean, it, like, it seemed like it went off late. <laughs> like, they had gotten through the whole play, but yeah, they still set off that stink bomb. They did it. They're besties again, and it's yeah. beautiful. God, and I, I love really how Harriet was like. This movie. I know. In this, in the sixth grade paper she is now editor of, she writes how the play that she was in was very boring. <laughs> I love it. Well, because yeah, everyone like, was Harriet's... bored because it was just Marion doing ballet. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. Marion power tripping well, all well, over they the just, place. Yeah, they just stood there. Any other thoughts? Are we good? Do we want to do our final scores? Um... Is there anything I need to argue? <laughs> like why is this not a 10 I don't on know. Pr- appropriate like, for children? I have a 10 for appropriate for children. I mean, yeah, I so my scores, I did adjust a few. I did bump up nostalgia from a 7 to an 8 because it did okay. really like I said, like maybe it wasn't 
as we discussed, it wasn't the movie itself, but it was the feelings I had of like childhood that it brought me mm-hmm. back to. Also, mm-hmm. like Allegra, you fucking bastard, you for like get, <laughs> getting me in my feels before this episode started. So it just continued throughout the episode. <laughs> um, we should do that every time. <laughs> so I I I bumped nostalgia to an eight. And I bumped appropriate for children from a nine to a ten, and I bumped can I follow from an eight to a nine because there wasn't really much that was like hard to follow. Yeah, I guess like the only th- I guess the only thing that I found slightly unbelievable was how quickly they all turned around. Like I guess I found it slightly unbelievable that the boy with the purple socks was like she told me that I should literally commit suicide, but you know what? <laughs> It's cool. Well, those concepts probably don't feel that real yeah, to children. Yeah, that's true. I guess I just found that kind of jarring. But still, triumphant moment nonetheless. I don't think I'm, I'm not adjusting any of mine. I think all of mine are pretty solid. Nostalgia 10, sit through 9, appropriate 10, hold up 8, can I follow 9? Yeah. While I tally these up, do you want to do uh, bonus points? bonus points uh the music just the scoring of this movie is so good it makes it like levels up the movie it's incredible i'm gonna i gotta give it for that i am going to give a bonus point for a sports made outfit (laughs) <laughs> that he wore curtsy. when he was yeah his curtsy and his outfit when he was cleaning he's like yeah. hey, you can hang out but I have to clean and then puts it on like just the thought of yeah. that is really adorable <laughs> it's like I'm um, not getting my pants all dusty <laughs> um, so with two extra points um, and our scores finalized Harriet the Spy comes in at a very deserved 94. Damn. I mean, but yeah. But fuck you, Allegra, for getting another amazing <laughs> score. I know. Oh, my God. Um, Holy shit, guys. Yeah, it was such I a good fucking movie. I mean, after I, Toothless. <laughs> I still got a big gap between me and Allegra. Yeah. Oh, I want to know what's what's Gray's movie gonna be. If Gray gets a stinky one, I might be able to stay close to him. We got a but... long fucking way to go till the end of this year, guys. <laughs> I know. We're still in the first half of the year. I know. Gray, do you want to read us some trivia? Isn't this our yeah, second nineteen ninety six? Give me movie? one sec. Yeah, we did ninety six last scores. week. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know if Gray really needs to dive into '96 because we literally just did it last week. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even write anything down for '96 because that's it was, fine. I don't think yeah. you need to. But some trivia for the movie I thought was very fun. There wasn't a lot because it's a Nickelodeon movie. It's a kids movie. They don't usually have a whole lot, and usually when they do, yeah. it's bad. These weren't bad, <laughs> but just some. Just some. I think it's fun stuff because we were very much mm-hmm. Nickelodeon kids. I was very much a Nickelodeon kid. Um, oh yeah. yeah. It was very much like, I went between all of them, but I think I was more Nickelodeon, 
Holland is more Disney and Allegra was more Cartoon Network. It was just, that was like totally. a very, we had our lanes yeah. and then we kind of, you know, I, Allegra and I definitely had the most. We want, we all watched but, all of those channels. Yes. They were but, all our top three, but we were each distinguished by those specific traits. Yes. Yeah. Um, so in theaters, um, the pilot episode of Hey Arnold was shown before the film. Mm. Ah, that's a really good pairing. I mean, yeah. 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 Jazz. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kids Harriet love Jazz. the Spy was released <laughs> I mean, on VHS by Paramount Home Video, um, February 25th, 1997. The cassette also contained two Rugrats music videos, and customers were mm. able to receive a $5 rebate if they bought the movie in the orange clamshell case, plus two eligible Rugrats videos. So I feel like I remember the Rugrats music videos on the VHS tape. What were they? I can't. I'm like, I can't remember what they were off the top of my head. But if you showed them to me, I would 100%. It would come back to me. I wonder if I can look it up. Listen, the Rugrats taught me what Hanukkah was. So it was um, an important show. I'm going to keep I'm going to continue. Um, yeah, this was hard. this was Nickelodeon's first feature film. Um, Michelle oh, yeah. Trachenberg and Vanessa Lee Chester, who played um, Janie, mm-hmm. also appeared in Seventeen again. Um, oh my God! Gregory Smith, who played Sport, and Charlotte Sullivan, who played Marion, also appeared in a movie called Rookie Blue, which came out in two thousand ten. Okay, um, which is like. 14 years later. Um, wow. Rosie O'Donnell remembers reading the novel when she was 10 years old. It was one of her favorite novels as a child. She immediately accepted the role of Old Golly, because I think that's what she was called in the book, um, when it was offered to her as a result without reading the script first. She's just like, I'm, I'm taking this. I need to. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Which totally makes sense. And probably also yeah. is like a big reason why she was just so amazing is because she had such like an emotional attachment to this totally story because she's like she read it when she was literally Harriet's age, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then yeah, ninety six trivia. Fucking look it up, nerds. <laughs> Listen to last week's up. <laughs> Listen to Matilda. Um. So All right, I, I still don't come, have the walrus. I still said. don't have oh, we the, uh, to speak of many things. The hat. I just. I think it's still in Sacramento at my old place. Um, That's Meg's okay. bringing the last of our stuff back tomorrow, so I'll, I I hope to have it by next recording. Hopefully. Um, All right. I got it in a randomizer. But yeah, put it on a randomizer. But. Uh, share your screen, please, so I can. I think I just did. Is it not working? Yeah, it, it's on now. God, I'm so okay. fucking nervous. No, 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 no. So how are we? How <laughs> oh yes, Gray's turn. How does this work? It's just it's just gonna randomly pick something from the list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of bad ones out there. Well. Okay, Airbud. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. I... A movie I don't know if I've seen since, like, kindergarten, literally. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen... The, this movie was not, a, like, heavy rotation, but the <clears throat> cultural 
sensation that it was, I think is yeah. going to should play into the nostalgia factor. Um, <laughs> Paul and I I'm were just, just talking about Airbud last night. Yeah. Because <laughs> we saw a Golden out? Retriever yesterday. <laughs> Airbud came out in 97, the year of our Lord and Savior, Gray. Okay. Um, <laughs> 1997. How many 97s? This will be our fourth 1997 joint. Oh, wow. Um, all right. Well, I'm excited. I'm nothing not, in the room. Mad at it. I'm just curious because, yeah, I think I've only seen it this movie. It could definitely be worse. <laughs> I think it's a wild card because none of us, like, watched it that much. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting. It's been a long time since any of us has watched it. So, yeah. I'm like, will this be like a Mighty Duck situation? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm like, it's going to be. But all right. Hey, yeah. hey, um, I hope it's like Mr. Deeds where it really sneaks up on us. Yeah, truly. Or Madeline. Because, like. hey, I want you guys to remember, Mr. Deeds got a higher score than Madeline. Oh, no, it didn't. Sorry. Mr. Deeds got a what? 91, though. Yeah. Damn. We, we were Deeds. very surprised by Mr. Deeds. I think, I mean, I can't, I don't know if I can speak for you guys, but I thought it was going to be horrible. I was dreading it. Yeah. Same. Yeah, you guys were dreading it. I mean, I was, like, very nervous because of how Santembler had been going. Um, because it was just like, you just didn't know what to expect. Um, so it was awesome, but yeah. I hope everybody, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going into it with like super high expectations because like, I swear yeah. I think I've only seen this movie like twice. And one of it was like Same. at extended day, um, after school <laughs> or something. And, yeah. But, st- but like. Come on, there's there's got to be a reason it was like such. It's a, a dog playing basketball. Like there's got there's good. We're gonna have so. I think we're gonna have fun with it. I know? think we're gonna have fun. There's with nothing it. in the and rules. I, am, I I refuse to be sober when I watch this movie. <laughs> Gray, there's nothing in the rules that says you have to be sober while watching the movie. Um. All right. Well, next week Clearly. we're watching Airbud. Please follow us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Latchkey Sibs. Please especially follow us on Instagram and check our stories every single Friday so you can vote in our poll for the defending sib of the week to decide if we deserve an extra point or if we deserve to lose a point or if we just stay the same. Um, You can also email us at latchkeysibs at gmail.com. But that's all we have this week. Uh, Goodbye. Get up off of that thing and dance to do you better. Get up off of that thing and dance to do sing it now. Get up off of that thing and dance to do you better. Get up off of that thing and try to release that pressure. Get up off of that thing and shake to do you better. Get up off of that thing and shake to say it now. Get up off of that thing and shake to do you better. Get up off of that thing.